0: And right on, legacy, we're talking about our legacy, outliving our life. And I think uh, this sermon, this idea that God wants to teach us how to hear him, uh, what a great legacy to hand on, to hand down. What, what a great thing to, to be able to know and understand and have confidence that we serve a God whose desire is to speak to us. So many people try to make God this angry, lightning-bold guy up in heaven, just waiting to get you. Don't mess it up. Don't do it wrong because God's got this bag of lightning bolts. No, that's not his heart at all. From the very beginning, and we'll take a look at it, he's this God who, who loves and cares and has great plans. From the beginning, he was like, hey, I'm going to fearfully and wonderfully make you. And, and who puts that much time into something that they don't care about? Who puts that much time into something that they're going to try to get later? No, he's, his plan is for you to be cared for and nurtured. and, and Are you with me? And so it's so great that, that that's his heart to us, and the legacy is that we can be a people here on earth who interact with God in heaven. We can interact with what heaven is saying. Amen. The problem is in America, we spend so much of our time and energy just interacting with what everybody else says. Most of our time is spent caring about what Fox News says or Facebook says or CNN says or The View says or Scary Mommy Blog says. We go to all of it. Are you with me? I don't know what that is, but I see it. <laughs> right? But it's like, Oh, we got this thing. Let's go get the opinion of all these other things instead of getting the opinion of heaven. So we go, we go to Facebook, we go to this thing and we spend all of this time and then we can't figure out why we're depressed and stressed and anxiety, right? Can't figure out why we don't feel like our life matters. We can't figure out why we don't feel like we have meaning because we're not going to the creator. The creator of this microphone knows its purpose. And so if you want to know the purpose of this microphone, you would go to the person who created it. That's how we're called to live our lives with God. Hey, God, I know you created me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I know that your word says you have great plans for me. Tell me about it. You're my creator. How's this supposed to function? How's this supposed to work? I'm tired of doing it on my own. Amen. And so it's funny to me when we go, okay, I believe in God. I have a relationship with God. Uh, I'm cool with that. I, I think that's fine. That's not weird to me that I have a relationship with God. Oh, that's cool. And I also believe that God is for me. And so he goes ahead of me and he prepares things for me. And we're all comfortable with that. That's not weird to us. We also believe that God can keep our family safe and he can watch over us and he gives us this level of protection. We also believe and don't think it's weird that God can bless us and he can add to our lives and all that stuff. But all of a sudden, when we get to this idea of that same God who can do all those other things, when we get to this idea of that, that same God wants to speak to you directly, we go, whoa, no, not possible. Now we're weird. How yeah. I many you know if, if you're believing that he can do all of those other things, you should have the same amount of faith that that same guy wants to speak to us. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so you got to erase the weirdness of like, oh, I just don't believe. I just don't believe that God and heaven could speak. It's been his desire from the beginning. Uh, the scripture says that in Genesis, God spoke. And things were formed. This world was formed, it was created, it was made by God's speaking. Do you know that it's the same thing in our lives when God speaks to us and we hear it and we believe and we receive it? Those things come into existence. Amen. And so he speaks and he's still creating and he's still moving and it all comes through God's speaking. We got to be hearing people. Scripture said in the garden. That in the garden, it said that the voice of God was with them in the garden. Adam and Eve are there. It's, it's the blueprint for God's design of how it was meant to be. How was it meant to be? God speaking and walking and being with Adam and Eve. Because why? Because God's desire is to speak to his children, is to talk and interact with his people. Praying, though, is a huge part of how we listen. It's about conversation with God. It's, uh, it's, it's praying and receiving it's praying and listening. That's one of the biggest parts about hearing from God. I would say it to you like this this morning. If, if you say, oh, I never hear from God. And he just doesn't speak to me. I would ask you the question, how much are you praying? Well, I don't pray that much. I don't have time to pray. I don't. Well, that's a pretty weird conversation then. For you to be in a position where you're just expecting God to just dump conversation and dump conversation without you participating. Are you with me? Uh, it's like this. I want to give you kind of the heart of the Father My daughter, when I pick her up from school, she's almost six years old, and so she's going to school full-time this year. And so when I pick her up, uh, on the way home from school, she's really tired. She's just whooped. And so we're driving in the car, and she's just real quiet in the back. So for me as the dad, right, the father, I'm kind of driving, and you know what I don't like as the dad? The silence, right? So I'm driving because my heart is for my child. I'm, hey, bud, how was school today? what did you do? How was the thing? What am I trying to do? Trying to get that conversation going. I want to hear from her because my heart is for her. And then when I hear from her, I what? Speak to her. We have this thing going. Can I tell you something? Your heavenly heavenly father, he doesn't desire awkward silence with you. He feels the same way as I do. And it's been a little bit since we had that conversation. They're just sitting down there on earth real quiet. I know they're tired. I know they have long days, same stuff as my daughter. I know they got all this kind of stuff. But maybe we can get a little conversation going. So I turn down the radio, right? And I and I silence the car and say, hey bud, you know, how was your day? Did any boys look at you? What's their name? <laughs> <laughs> and so and so the Heavenly Father's the same way. He's up there going, looking down, being like, man, I really want to talk, I want to interact, I want to do this thing with them. I just wish they could remove some distractions so we could do this thing. Are you with me? And then here's what's amazing: is the enemy's done a good job trying to convince Christians, or not even Christians, that prayer's gotta be so perfect. And so we go, Oh, you gotta pray right, and you gotta do this right, and you gotta do all this right, and posture right, and you gotta say this thing, you gotta do all this thing, and you gotta, and you put all this stuff to it. And then maybe if all the equations work perfectly. God will hear us, and then maybe he'll speak to us, or maybe he'll respond. That's not the heart of any father. My son, who's almost four, uh, he, when my daughter's away, he just talks. Whenever you take Charlie anywhere without the siblings, the kid just talks and talks and talks, and I love it, and I love it, because I love that quality time. So Friday, we did what men do, and we went to Lowe's on Black Friday. We went to the tool store. He calls it the tool store, and um and just a little rule for some of you men if you're going to menards and you consider that your hardware store you're very mistaken if you can get cat food if you can get cat food at your hardware store you need to check your heart <laughs> but anyway we go there for black friday and he's driving we're driving and and he's just he just talks about everything it never stops he's just and it's just it's the best he's he's driving dad there's your truck like yours Dad, if we go that way, we can go to, Dad, if you turn there, Dad, did you see, Dad, there's a bulldozer. Dad, there's a, it's just, and I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I thought time away from your mom would be less talking, but I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm blessed two times, amen. That's what I was trying to say, you guys cut me off. <laughs> and so, and so, so just, guess what I'm doing is the heart of the Father. I'm loving it. I don't care what he's saying and how perfectly he's saying it and what he's talking about. I'm blessed that we're having conversation. So I get to speak back to him. Yeah, buddy, look at that. Yeah, look at that. That's cool. Look at that. And we're what? We're speaking and talking and communicating because our hearts are connected. Are you with me? That's God's desire when it comes to speaking to us. Religion's done a horrible job of trying to teach you that it's got to be this perfect equation. You got to say all this right. And then God, if all the stars align, no, his desire is to speak to you. Amen. I thought about legacy and all of these things that we could be known for as you raise your kids. You want to be fun and you want, to, you want them to, you know. I ride dirt bikes with my kids. And so you want to, you know, it's like, we want them to look back and go, oh, it was so fun that my parents rode dirt bikes and we had that track. And, and Disney, you guys know we love going to Disney World and we just, we just love it. We love that time together. We love all the part of it. Like our life works like this. At the beginning of the year, we set the budget. We put God first. We set our tithe. We set our offering, our generosity. We put that first. Number two is Disney. Mortgage is third. We'll figure out it's like Disney. <laughs> But we love it. And I want them to look back on life going, oh, man, we're so grateful. Our parents took us on those trips and, you know, right, all that stuff. We, we want them to look back on that. Michigan football, like, oh, we're going to still that they love Michigan. And obviously my team lost yesterday. And I said to Charlie, I said, buddy, you know, they, Michigan lost today. And he said, well, that's okay. We can try tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, well, Charlie, they wouldn't win tomorrow either. It wasn't pretty. But all of those things that you put emphasis on, you want them to look back and go, I'm so glad I was raised this way. So I'm so glad this. But wouldn't the best thing your kids could ever say about you would be, I'm so glad that I know my parents heard from God. That they, that they lived their life in such a way that they heard God's voice for my life. How much more so would it be great? And I saw an example of this last night. How much more would it be great if they said, oh, looking back on my life, I'm so glad that my parents modeled and taught me how to hear the voice of God. That our kids grew up knowing that they wouldn't have to figure it out based on what school says and the internet and their peers, that they can get their opinion of their life from God. How much better is that? We were at Sam's Club last night getting a few things, and um, I told the kids they could get a couple books because if I let them buy more toys... I would sleep on the couch because I'm just that kind of dad that's like, you can't go anywhere without getting something, right? We only have how many more years with them? 14 something. You know, they're getting old. We They need more stuff. <laughs> no, you guys disagree. Okay. <laughs> so we got books. We got books instead of toys because that's better. And so Charlie, my son, many of you know him uh, and his personality. Of course, he went and picked out a Grinch book. Perfect fit for him. He loves the Grinch. He loves acting like the Grinch at times. So he picks out the Grinch. My daughter, who's almost sick, she says, Dad, I want to get a God book. I was like, well, we're at Sam's Club. This is owned by Walmart. I don't know what we're (laughs) going to find. Just kidding. And so she found a God book, and she found First Christmas Prayers. Okay, so she... She says, Dad, I I want to get a book about God. Because I want to learn more about God. So it changed. It changed from, hey, get a book. We're going to have some fun. We just got to get out of the store. To to really affirming, like, hey, Caroline, that was a really good choice. Like, to get a God. That was really cool. That was cool. So we're walking in the parking lot. She's like, hey, Dad. She's like, I want to bring that God book to church. So now I'm kind of realizing, like, the atmosphere has changed here. Like this is a moment where you can encourage like, hey, really good job, honey. Like that's really cool that instead of getting, you know, a Disney princess book or whatever else you wanted or Grinch like your evil brother, you chose something good. So, of course, she dragged that book in here today and hopefully uh, she read those prayers. Um, if not, I'll be talking to our children's director. No, I'm but she kind of realized like, wait a minute, something big is happening here. God is speaking to even my little one. So now you're really talking crazy. God's speaking to our kids. Well, back up. Don't remember. Don't forget in Samuel, he says, hey, go back and listen. God is speaking to a child. So we got to get it right as parents first that we create a lifestyle of God is speaking to us because we're also influencing and creating a legacy in our young kids that God is speaking and leading and prompting. Amen. I thought about it like this in my life. There's a lot of people that can come to you smart people, talented people, people that are current about things, people have wisdom of the world, people who have, uh, they're well-read, they're hardworking, all of those kinds of people you have into your life. And when you go to have a need, you think of who, who could I get the answer from? The well-read, the well-studied, the the hard worker, who, who could I, but can I tell you something? If you have somebody in your life that you know hears from God, that's your first choice, isn't it? And it works the same way with the world. The world's looking to the church going like, I know that person works hard and I know that person does that, but I know that church over there. I know those people in that church. I know that body of the Christ. They hear from God. Let's go to them. And then we don't turn to politicians and we don't turn to causes and campaigns. We turn to God. Amen. So we need those kinds of people in our life who are able to separate opinion and man's wisdom We need people who can separate all of those things and say, this is what heaven is saying about this situation, amen. Jesus is pretty serious about it. Matthew chapter 4, verse four. He's being tempted by the devil. And you guys know this story. And Jesus answered as the devil's tempting him and he says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. One translation says, proceeds, continues to come because God is still speaking. He's still saying things today. Amen. Deuteron- he's referencing the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. It says this of the Israelites. It says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You could say it like this the attributes or the things that we look at of the world, the food of this world is not enough for us to live in joy and peace and happiness and all of the things that you desire in your soul. Those things will not be met and will not be filled until you eat of the goodness and the words of God. You understand what I'm saying? So saying just bread alone, just the natural things of the world is not enough I would say it to you like this, if we could say it in a harsh manner, uh, in a very, just to the point manner, which I believe is the response that Jesus gave back to the, to the enemy here is this, if you're not hearing God, you're not healthy. I would say that about our lives. If we are in a position in our lives where we are not hearing from God, we're not healthy. And you know, what we actually do as Christians is we come here on Sunday and we hear from God, and we get some of that bread, preceding word, we get some of that, and then we starve ourselves for the week. We go, oh, and how how many of you know that wouldn't work so good? I mean, I'm telling you, I wouldn't make it to Sunday night, right? (laughs) But we do that. We come to church, and we eat some, and then we just let ourselves go, and it's not a good way to live, You can't figure out why spiritually you feel fatigued and you feel run down and you feel dizzy and you feel, it's because we're not eating. (laughs) We need to eat. If you're not hearing the word of God, if you're not hearing God, then we're not healthy. And the problem is as Christians, we're window shoppers. So we come to a place like this and we look in the window and we say, oh, we'd like all of that. That all looks good, but I'm not gonna go around the door and participate in all of that, right? No, we need God active in our life. Psalm 28 verse 1 says this. This is David describing uh, his relationship with God. He says, to you, Lord, I call. This is prayer. He's calling out. He's praying. He's having conversation. To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For you, for if you remain silent, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Speaking actually of a pit where they would throw people in captivity. Meaning he would get into a place like, if, I'm not, if, you, if you're silent in my life, I'm like a person who's stuck in a pit. No ability to get out of my situation, no ability to have the health that I need, no ability to have any kind of provision because I'm in this pit. He's saying that's what it's like when you don't have the, the word of God in your life, the speaking of God in your life. You could say it like this, living a life without hearing God is pitiful, right? Think about it that way of like being in the pit. It's pitiful when we live our lives in a way that we don't hear from God. Isn't it interesting that as Christians, we spend more attention on the opinion of others than we do God's opinion. You got a situation in your life and you ask your wife, which is a good idea. But you got a situation in your life, you ask your wife or you ask your husband. You got a situation in your life, you ask your boss or your coworker. You got a situation in your life, you call your brother or your sister or you call, you call all these other people. You get all these opinions. But how many times do we actually stop and ask God? Hey, God creator of heaven, and earth, who put everything in place, who fearfully and wonderfully made me. Hey, what's your opinion on this? Which direction should we go? Should we go this way? Should we go that way? That's the leading that God wants to take in our lives. Amen. So many, well, I wonder what it says online. Oh, we got the situation. What does this counselor say? What does this thing say? And all that stuff is good, but it's not good if it's in front of asking God first. Amen. So we have to go to God. I'll say it to you like this. Hearing God And I don't want this to be a put down to anybody. Like you're not trying. Don't hear it like you're not trying. But hearing God is an ability. It's an ability. You have the ability to hear God. The problem is we do this. If I were standing here right now and I was was told, touch the podium. You got to touch the podium. And I'm standing here like this going, I can't touch the podium. I just can't do it. Man, really wish I could touch the podium. You would say, you're not trying. Take your hand out of your pocket. Touch the podium. You're not even trying yet. What have you done to try to touch the podium? Okay. So oh, and then what we do is we get a little bit closer. See, I'm in church. I'm close to it. I'm around it. I sometimes listen to Christian music. I, are you with me? But you still got your hand in your pocket. Well, but I'm close and everybody thinks I am. It says, no, you have the ability. Am I trying right now? Am I still trying? No. I haven't fully given myself. And that's what the skeptic does. They come to church, they get around some things and they go, man, it's just not happening for me. Shoot, I wish this God thing was real. Well, did you take your hand out of your pocket yet? (laughs) Did Did you try to? And guess what? Every time you try to, he meets you there. And it's the thing with prayer. We go, God, I can't hear you. God, I can't. Well, let's take a look at your schedule. How much prayer time is in there? How much quiet time is in there with God? How much drawing on God for us to hear him is actually built into our lives? Are you with me? I thought about like this. Uh, They say in human history, you've never had more to do in human history. All of human history combined, you have more to do now than all of human history combined. What I'm trying to say is this, you have more options than ever before in your, than than all of human history combined. Think about it this way. What they're trying to describe is you have more places that you could ever go. You have more roads than ever, more bridges, more airports, more airplanes. You have more options to go to places than ever before. There's more people than ever before. There's more products than ever before. There's more information than ever before. You have all of these things pulling at you than ever before. And we wonder why we can't hear from God. It's because our schedules reflect all of those distractions. We gotta get to this and we gotta get to that and we gotta do it. And we use words like we have to. And we put these have-to's in front of. Would you stand before Jesus and say, Well, those were have-to's in front of your have-to. God, I wanna hear you. I wanna receive from you. I want you to speak to me. Ah, But I have to. Well, the kids have to participate in soccer. Well, the kids have to participate in this. Would you say that to Jesus' face? You guys know me, I'm not I'm not this harsh of a like in your face but I'm telling you, we we can't sit here and say, God doesn't speak to me. God's not real. God doesn't lead. God doesn't, he isn't alive in my life and we don't give him a fair shot. Amen. What do you do when you can't hear something in your life? You're sitting at home. You're trying to hear what's coming in on the TV, but you got the kids, the dogs, all that kind of stuff. What you do when you can't hear from something is you remove all of the distractions so you can focus better on what's speaking. Amen. You leave the room, you exit the atmosphere because you're trying to have a phone conversation and all the noise is over there. So you go over here and you turn up the speaker. You go, all of these things need to be moved and I need to turn up the attention on the thing that I'm trying to receive from. Amen. But we don't do it with God. We just, we sit here and we go, God's not doing it. I'm not hearing. I'm not, we got to remove and we got to step away. We got to get out of the atmosphere. Are you with me? So that we can hear from what we're trying to hear from. God speaks through his word. I, a lot of people will downplay. Uh, oh, I can't hear him. And God never speaks to me or whatever. He speaks through worship. When we come in and we sing these songs, those are setting tones and atmospheres for God to speak to you. When you say those words that God is here, or the atmosphere is changing. God, I know you're in this place. It's because you're saying and you're setting your tone on God speaking. I know you're here. Speak, lead me, prompt me. Are you with me? Same thing with the Bible. People say, well, the Bible. And we say this too. The Bible's a good blueprint for your life about how to live a successful life, but you can't dumb it down that much. It's not just a textbook. The scripture says that his word is living and breathing and active. It's God speaking to us. I would say in my life, anytime I've ever intentionally sat down to read the Bible, I've never not got anything from it. If you remove all the distractions and all the sounds and all of these things and you sit down and you say, God, speak to me something every time he speaks to you. say, well, that's not true about my life. I've read and not got nothing. Well, then worship. Well, then pray. Well, then sit in silence because God's going to show you something. Amen. Amen. It's holy, holy scripture. I thought about uh, different ways that God speaks and leads. He still does it today, even through prophets, our prayer team. We knew this legacy thing was coming up and we just, we felt rallied to pray. God was speaking to us to get together and pray in advance specifically about this legacy offering. So we did it. We gathered up on a weeknight and everybody prayed and we prayed into things and it was a powerful night. And then a prophet who we believe God still uses prophets today, uh, a prophet was in town who we're connected to and met up with him for just a little bit just right here in the hallway, he had another meeting and he said, Hey, I, I need to talk to you for a minute. He said, I just want you to know that God is telling me to tell you that Basically you're 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 praying, you're it's all honored that God's backing you, that he he sees you, that he's support are you with me? And God used a prophet to speak to us about what's already spoke to the prayer team. Does that make sense? God still works that way, but we gotta be listening. If we weren't listening, if we just as a church were out trying to be creative and spend all our time in that kind of world, then we would have missed basically this double encouragement. Does that make sense? Uh, we got up here a couple of weeks ago and we talked about all the slides and we talked about slides. Like we have slides. If you weren't here, you wouldn't know. (laughs) We talked about uh, all the renovations and the ways that God has blessed the church from the beginning and our first services. And we put up slides about like the progress God has taken us on. And that's how God did it. But he did it first in speaking to us. Yeah, we sent mailers and yeah, we renovated things and did all that kind of stuff. And it's brought us to this. But first we got words from God. It's amazing to me when I meet with people and you hear about a, a situation and they're frustrated and they're devastated. And I say, well, what is God saying? Do you got a scripture about it? What are you praying? Like, what do you believe in? Well, I don't have any of that. But let me tell you what my third cousin of my other brother is saying about it on Facebook. You care more about that than getting an opinion about God. Get a scripture about it. Get a song to worship about it. When I know people are going through things, I send them some songs like this is going to help you. This is going to encourage you. This is going to build you and lift you up. Why? Because God's going to speak to you in it. We spend more time over here Facebook stalking to see what so-and-so thinks about what's going on. It's crazy. Yeah. Amen. We got to get words about things. We got to get words about things. I'll tell you in my life, you know it by being around me enough. It's, oh, it's easy for you to get a word. You have an office and you're a pastor. And it's like you picture me like sitting in a chair with my Bible open, like holding a pen, like waiting for a sermon. <laughs> That's not how it happens. Just so you know. It happens through life. I've cultivated a heart to say, God, whenever, however, I'm listening. Make sense? That's why you hear me preach sermons about, yeah, I messed up the butter stick. And then it's a sermon. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just always listening to things and, and I'll be out you know, yard work or whatever. And it's like, Hey, God spoke to me or listening to the kids in the background. Oh, you guys know how it comes. You hear my sermons. And I'm telling you the same thing. You just gotta cultivate and tenderize your heart and your ears to be able to listen to God speaking because he's actually always speaking, amen? I'll close with this. When God speaks, many times when God speaks, it's life-giving. It's actually always life-giving, but sometimes you hear a word and God's speaking to you and it's, it's that shout. It's that like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. God's speaking. It's gonna be, other times it's faith nudging. You know, it's like, You've been in a situation, you're waiting to hear from God, and He speaks to you, and it's that nudge of, man, jump out of the boat. You can do it. I'm with you. I'm for you. He speaks of faith nudging. But I would actually say this. Many times in the life, the life-giving speaking of God is also comfort. You're really in something God will speak, and it's comforting. That comes in the life-giving category. But I would actually say many, many people miss God speaking to them because they resist it. They actually completely resist it or they don't like what he's saying. An example is God speaking to you about something that you need to do or you need to walk into or you need to change. God's speaking to you about it, speaking to you, speaking And you go, oh, no way, not me, God. And at the same time, you're over here going, he never speaks to me, he never speaks to me. But he keeps prompting you over here, doesn't he? That thing keeps mysteriously bringing itself back up. Are you tracking with me? It just keeps showing up it just keeps reiterating itself it just keeps can i tell you something that's god speaking and a lot of times we miss god's best because we basically just say no to what he's saying and that's not a good way to live amen i see it all the time with people as we meet with people or people come in and they want you know hey i need some wisdom hey i need some opinion and they'll come in and you're talking to them you're like well really you know the word says this and Based on your situation, I think you probably need to fix this. And you see on their face, they're hearing the truth. They're hearing what God would say, but they're going, they're running up that excuse machine. It's there. And they go, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I ain't going to do like that. I ain't going to submit to that. I'm going to. And they're resisting what God is speaking. Many of you people have those kind of people in your life. You call them up and they tell you a truth and you know it's a truth. And then you're like, how dare they be used by God to tell me a truth? Are you with me? So my encouragement to you is that. Maybe you ask God, Hey God, I, you've been doing it actually. God, I know that, I see that you've been kind of tuning me up and fixing me up over here. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for this stuff to be out of my life and, and this stuff to be done with. It's called surrender and that's what God calls us to. So my encouragement to you is don't throw out God speaking just because it's something you don't like. Amen?